It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Auburn basketball is back, and Jalen Williams forgot how to miss. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Perhaps it is your second listen as we are live late in the evening. Daryl Daprich joining me shortly after. Auburn absolutely rolls Alabama Huntsville UAH in the exhibition match in Neville Arena. Daryl, I guess the first thing is it's great that basketball is back. The second thing is uh, Jalen Williams with like the quietest 16-point night, six of six from the floor, perfect from the charity stripe. To me, that was kind of the most impressive thing. It really was. I think your your listeners and your followers are going to like double take this and go, that's Daryl being positive about something on a podcast. So yes, this is going to be very refreshing for everyone that is stuck with us through the football season because glory, hallelujah, basketball is here and I could not be more excited, uh, more enthusiastic, more uh, positive. What I saw tonight was kind of what I expected. It's an exhibition game. And let's remember the 2019 team that went to the Final Four lost to Barry which was an NCAA Division II team, I believe, in an exhibition game. So, it was very uh, bad. Yeah, it was very, very bad, like you say. Great pun. Um, so I, you know, for, for the first half, it was a little choppy. Uh, I felt like Auburn had a hard time pulling away. Every time they get to like five or seven, they couldn't get to double digits. But what I, was, what I expected to see is what I saw, the absolutely absurd depth that Bruce Pearl has on this basketball team. And it's amazing because what he's looking to do is find pockets of five that play well together. Okay, so you yeah. th- you, you start a certain five, and then if that five isn't getting done what you want, you know he pulls them and has another five that can go in. And listen, that's legitimate. We can talk about how this too deep can look when Chance Westry comes back, but I saw four guards tonight that can play and give you quality minutes. I saw two guys at the four spot. Two guys at the five. When Westry comes back, two guys at the three. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And you're right. Jalen Williams, what a wonderful example of an Auburn man, unsung. 16 points tonight, did all the little things so good around the basket, a little touch, can switch hands. Well, let's don't forget, Daryl, what was the first thing Bruce Pearl said to start the offseason? Yes. He got bounced at the NCAA tournament. What did he say? He said he was going to build next year's team around Jalen Williams. Did we all buy that? No. Do we think? Did we think he was recruiting Jalen Williams to stay? Sure. Was that ever a concern? I, I I don't know. But I mean, based on what happened tonight, that's certainly a possibility. Are you, you you talked about pockets of five, right? And it's always fun to see a platoon, right? So they they started Wendell at the one, at the two was Zep Jasper, and I want to talk more about him playing exclusively at the two in a little bit. Daryl Chris Moore, uh, at the three which surprised some people. Yoan Treor at the four and Dylan Cardwell at the five. Then a few minutes in, they fully platoon, bring in five 
more guys. Trey Donaldson at the one. Katie Johnson at the two. Alan Flanagan at the three. Janai Broom was at the five. Who was at the four in that in that second group? I'm blanking here. At the four in the second group. Yeah, who was the the backup four tonight? It was Jalen Williams. That's right. Yeah, that's who we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, right. And so that's that that's that depth we were talking about, right? And so that's something that's um that that's super super exciting to see. It really, I mean, again. We kind of talked about it when we touched on the, during the bye week, the football bye week. We, we just gave a little bit of a, a tease for basketball, and I wanted to see it with my own eyes tonight. In an exhibition game, there's a great opportunity to see how you're going to look at rotations, who's going to play together. And I think that's what Coach Pearl was, was trying to do, was find the five that are cohesive together at the same time. And then we started seeing substitutions of two or three at a time you know, where, where he's trying to kind of finagle and see. I, I just I think Broom is really going to be a player and be a very strong force in the post position, something that we haven't seen at Auburn in a while, a guy that can score this back to the basket, right? right. Jabari and Kessler were not your traditional four and fives. They scored facing the basket with dunks and putbacks, and Jabari was, was good shooting threes. But Broom is a back-to-the-basket guy, and I think – you could see a little bit of a nagging injury with his foot. He wasn't as explosive yeah. as he was in, in Israel. So when he gets going a little bit, I'm telling you, it's and I was very impressed with with Trey Hoare as well as a freshman. Donaldson absolutely blew me away. Thick upper body strength, strong point guard that's strong with the basketball in traffic, heads up quick. Looks like a safety, right? Yeah, Trey uh, Donaldson. If if you if I asked you, okay, who's also the four star defensive back coming out of yeah. high school? It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's three. It's definitely number three. He's got that body type that is just not a prototypical point guard, but he is so strong and so strong in traffic, yeah. and it, the ball doesn't get stripped. And he's also very smart and 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 just does basketball IQ type of plays. And I'm really looking forward. You know, he develops if he develops a perimeter game and a three point shot, he is going to be. You know, every, you know, really, really all attributes of his game, but I was very impressed with him, loved him as a player, uh, and, and, and what he was able to contribute as a, as a true freshman tonight as well. Yeah. No, I, I think that's well said. I think that's well said there. So, um, the perimeter game is still going to be an issue, though, right? I mean, just the three point shooting as a team, six of 27. So that's what, 22%, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Looking at it, Wendell Green was two of six. He's the only person who made more than one. Zepp was one of four. Trey Orr was one of three. Katie, O of six, which I think we all had flashbacks to like the last third of the season, which is a total bummer. Uh, Jalen Williams, one of one. He made every shot that he took. Um, Alan Flanagan was one of two. Leor Berman, a surprising O of three from three, uh, kind of yeah, in, the, in the closing minutes. That surprised me. But They were deep, though. He took some deep threes. I mean, he really did. They they were forced and they were deep because he was in at the end of the game when it was already decided, and I think he just wanted to score. I think if he shoots within the, the framework of the offense, he's a lot more deadly from three. That was just kind of garbage time threes. Yeah, yeah, um, which is cool, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's what he was in there for the last two minutes, 37, shoot it. Um, the depth, though, I mean, so Bruce Pearl earlier this week, Daryl, said don't put any stock in who starts tonight. Do you buy that? I mean, do you think the starting group of Wendell Green, 
Zepp Jasper at the two, Chris Moore at the three, Treyor at the four, and Cardwell at the five. Do you think that's the starting lineup, or how? What do you think the starting lineup will be once the season starts? This is fun. I I'm going to see how close we can get it, but I think that the starting lineup should be, or maybe maybe at the beginning of the season they still try to rest Brooms, at, you know, foot a little bit. But I think this is how I think it sh- it, it will line up eventually. Is Green starting at the one? Agreed. Uh, KD Johnson at the two. I, I think there. Flanagan at the three, okay. especially the way he played tonight. Jalen Williams at the four and Broom at the five. Okay. I will go Wendell at the one, Zepp at the two, Allen at the three for now. It will eventually be Westry. I assume you agree with that. I at, do. At four, I'll say it's Treyor. And at five, I agree with you. I think it'll be Broom. So you think Williams comes off the bench? Jalen Williams comes off the bench then with what he maybe maybe that's where he's most effective. Maybe Bruce Pearl is so good at understanding his team's strengths and weaknesses and who performs at optimal level. He thinks that William and Katie Williams and Katie Johnson are more effective, and and they'll get the same minutes they would if they were started starting coming off the bench. But I, I I'll tell you, I, nothing that I want to be tonight about anything. I want to be negative, but looking down the road, I really foresee or could foresee, and I hope we don't get into this. What's it going to look like from a chemistry standpoint if Westry starts to uh, play and gets a starting role over Flanagan? Are you, is Flanagan going to stay engaged? Is he going to wear that? Is he going to be okay with that? I, I, that's my only concern, and I hope that that Bruce doesn't cave to that just to acquiesce to somebody's wishes. But, you know, Westry, you know, I keep hearing these people say he's a one and done. I don't think so. I think he's the kind of kid that needs to come back one more year. I think the only one and done on this team is Treyor. Yeah, and I think he's got – but if he doesn't start, that's going to be difficult. I think he will start. That's kind of why I think he will start. Yeah, and that's why – yeah, I see what you're saying. And and he played really well. I mean, what did he have? Did he have 12 tonight is what he ended up with 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 12 total points? was four of six from the floor. He had nine points. Nine points. Okay. I thought he got into double digits. But and, and some of the guys that got into double digits, like Donaldson and some and Flanagan, it was like oh my you, just, you look up and you go. And I'll tell you, from an explosiveness standpoint, to me, you know, Flanagan passed the eyeball test. I mean, the coast-to-coast stuff that he did in 2020. He moved so oh, much yeah. better. He did. Versus he he went last year. He went coast to coast. He did the Euro steps. He dunked a couple times. He hit a three. He was all over the defensive boards. Uh, you know, defensively, Auburn still just plays that really, really pressure defense. I think Zepp did a really good job of locking down his man. Donaldson played some really good defense. Katie Johnson really did a good job defensively. I mean, really, they all did. I think Cardwell early on against the Williamson kid for UAH number four, who was a player, I think it was a mismatch. I mean, Williamson was giving up about four or five inches, but he was really quick off the dribble, and Cardwell was having a hard time staying with him, and they switched on on later on, and it looked like defensively Alan Flanagan did a better job shutting him down. But, you know, still blocks were still there. The steals yeah. were there. Uh, points off transition. You know, every time you watch Auburn play under under Bruce, and, I, and it's, it's frustrating sometimes – when Auburn can get out and run and get in space and hit transition threes, they are freaking deadly. When they stop and have to slow down in the half court and start running sets that take time off the shot clock 
and they get to five, you know, four or five seconds left on the shot clock, that's when they seem to be a little disjointed offensively. Yeah. So Trey Donaldson was one of the highlights of the night, but he also contributed to my least favorite thing that I saw this evening. Daryl, I'll touch on what that is in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. Look, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. Boy, don't we know that following this coaching search happening with football. So be sure to check out our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn.com slash college will help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. My least favorite thing from Wednesday night, Daryl, was seeing Wendell Green and Zepp Jasper on the court at the same time for as much as we did. Zepp exclusively played the two. I don't know if Zepp Jasper, and I love Zepp Jasper. We have an NIL deal with Zepp Jasper. He looks better to me as a one, but I think Bruce Pearl and his coaching staff have so much faith in what Trey Donaldson is doing that it makes more sense for the big picture of the team to have Trey Donaldson on the court as a backup one and then just keep Zepp as the starting two right now. Kind of a weird situation. I think it makes sense for the big picture, but as far as when both of those guys were on the court at the same time, I just didn't like how the offense looked. I Yeah, I absolutely agree, and that may be why you're onto something, why you think uh, Zep starts over Katie Johnson. But I think that, uh, to me, Trey Donaldson looked like a better point guard, and he looked like a better option to be the backup one. The way he ran things, like I said, the, the body and traffic, the defense, and so uh, that's another reason why I think, you know, we heard that Chance Westry could be a hybrid, he could play the two. He could play the three. I don't think there's any room for him in the backcourt. I mean, as good as he is, I think you start to get a little bit of a, a log jam, especially now Chris Moore played, and he you know, he, he played really well in the, the uh, scrimmage against UAB. But I just think Chance Westry slides into that spot ahead of Chris Moore when he comes back just because the way he can shoot it. And, again, when you look at the stats from three-point land and you look at what that was the – the one Achilles heel of Auburn last year, if you want to advance in the NCAA tournament, you better be able to shoot the three. I mean, you can score the basketball in the regular season the way Auburn scores, but in the tournament, like when Auburn made its run with Harper and Bryce Brown and Chuma, they were hitting threes left and right. Chance Westry, if, if he's a guy that can come in, Zach, and on any given night go three or five, right, from three-point land or four or six, Look what it does to your percentages. And look what it does to maybe opening some things down up down low for Broom and Cardwell. Yep. Yep. All right. So I know uh, several of you watching live right now may have questions because it wasn't on TV. And so a lot of Auburn basketball fans that are out of towners that couldn't make it on a weeknight. Drop your comments in the live chat below and we'll we'll uh, we'll address them. Um, Nick asks, I'll drop this here, Daryl, so you can see it. Nick asks, any chance Jay will plays the three 
and a best players personnel grouping. I don't think Jalen moves well enough on defense for to be a three there. I'm just thinking, okay, so in a best players personnel grouping, that would be what, Wendell at the one? My issue is I think Allen needs to be on the court for that. Yeah, well, I mean, you could say Allen or you could say Westry at the at the. Well, I mean, if if he's if 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 what Williams is if Jay Will's playing the three, Allen's not on the court for that because you can't slide him to the two. Bet best right. players personnel grouping to me is Wendell Green at the one, Chance Westry at two, Williams at three, Trehor at four, and Broom at five at the five position. Now that's yeah. but but Williams to me. Is as good as he shoots from the outside and the touch he has, he's not a good enough ball handler, I don't think, to play the three. And I don't think he's quick enough defensively to guard a true three. Yeah, he, he's got some pop. But yeah, I, I don't really want him putting the, the ball on the, the floor a whole lot. Um, Just looking at some of these numbers, I, I'm honest with this. Daryl, I overvalue plus minus probably more than I should. I'm just, I like the stat. I think, I think it's valuable. And Jalen was tied for the team lead with a plus 23. Katie Johnson also with a plus 23, despite shooting one of seven from the floor. And it's like, I mean. what Was was it Cardwell minus double digits? What, what did he end up being? He was minus nine at halftime, I believe. Minus four for the game. Okay, so he, he made that up. Was he the lowest? Was he the, the worst plus minus? There was a few with minus four. So Dylan was minus four at 19 minutes. Um, Sabera was minus four in two minutes. Yeah, but those guys though. They have the, the rest yeah. of the walk-ons. So, yep. Yeah. And the only other negative was was Zep. Zep was minus one. Hmm. Which is pretty. Normally, his plus minus is pretty good because of his defense. But. He did hit an open three finally in the second half. But the first two or three he took, he was wide open, and uh, you know they they just didn't go down. And I think that can kind of set the tone. Yeah, if he is, if he's going to play the two. Uh, you know, consistently and play the two exclusively, he's got to knock those down or else you can't have him at the two. I mean, I mean, I just, you have to have that guy be able to shoot. Brian giving you the shout out. Daryl says, good to see you. Some quality stuff. Would love to see it during the regular season after games if possible. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. This, Spoiler alert. This is kind of our <laughs> exhibition to make sure we're good for basketball. So yeah. you know, we're, um, we're doing Brian. it. Absolutely. This is going to be a normal thing. I don't know if they'll all be live. we got to figure that out. Right. But, but we will be doing podcasts. Yeah, sure. we'll be doing reactions to basketball games, too. So it'll be great. Uh, ben asked, how did Cardwell look tonight? I mean, no one is going to be able to replace Kessler. No, but I think Janai Broom is going to be the guy really replacing Kessler as far as production offensively. You, you touched on this a second ago, Daryl. Defensively, I think Dylan is just pretty limited. With it, I mean, he he's not an elite athlete. I think he's a really good college basketball player. I think he's really solid for what he does for this roster. But I think there's going to be times where he's up against other SEC bigs, and we saw it last year where he just he gets a little too stiff around the rim. And for that position, obviously, that's a concern. And then offensively, he did such a good job, Daryl, getting in position to score, and then it's just like no touch around the rim. And we, yeah. we saw that in streaks last year too. So as far as positioning, I think he looked a little bit better than a year ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to kind of go from that good player to that great player, it's, it's the same stuff. Wouldn't you agree? 
I agree. I think uh, number one, he is who he is. He's a rim protector, but he, it's almost like he waits until the guy blows by him and he tries to block the shot backside or weak side, that kind of thing. Listen, he's a he's a glue guy. He's a guy that every team I think needs to have if they want to win a championship because he comes off the bench. He's unselfish. He's an energy guy. He gets the crowd into it. And he can give you points quickly with dunks and things around the rim yeah. that, that kind of rejuvenates you. So that's what he is right now. And I think that he's a guy that can – he's definitely valuable. He'll definitely get minutes. Um, but I think he is what he is. And that's around the rim scorer, energy guy, high energy, and uh, definitely somebody, though, that could start – for a lot of teams in the SEC, and Auburn's blessed to have him as their backup center. No question about it. No question about it. Another thing with Dylan, I uh, haven't heard or seen anything official, and I don't think it's major, but he he did kind of go down a little funny, and he was favoring a knee, and he was kind of holding that knee on the, on the when he was sitting on the bench towards the end of the game. I don't think it's anything major, but just something to, to monitor, especially with Janai Broom kind of having that, nagging foot injury just something yeah. to monitor and, and look stretch acting ball played a good amount i was he played more than i was expecting him to he and got like, brought in yeah he got brought in the minutes, game 12, 12 minutes, minutes. listen if you get eight to ten minutes out of stretch during the season even a regular sec play and he gets you three four rebounds a block or two i'm not looking for him to score but if he does some good things defensively and and rebounds the basketball uh, and is is a little bit uh, of a of a shot alterer, then you're getting a lot out of him. And then you know you go three deep at the center position. Yep. All right, James. James, were you there tonight? You should have told me you were there. We could have hung out. Uh, James says Trey Donaldson, Janai Broom, Jay Will, and Flanagan were some of my favorites watching it tonight. So we haven't really talked a whole lot about Broom. I think we've talked spent more time talking about the other guys. Right. Janai Broom, he looks the part to me, but I didn't think he was particularly great on either side of the floor. What what were your thoughts on on what you saw from Broom in his first action in Neville Arena? He looked limited. He did yeah. not look as explosive as he did last year. He didn't look as good as he did in Israel, and I think that's because of the foot injury. I think it's nagging him a little bit because he just looked heavy-footed to me, not as explosive. Uh, missed some shots around the rim that I think he he, he would say himself that he w- should make. Um, defensively, he looked a little bit like he was trying to to adjust to, to some things. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think once that foot gets healed up and once he gets back into that shape and conditioning of playing, you know, basketball the regular season, uh, he'll be fine. And I think he's going to give you something that Auburn hasn't had a, in a while down on the block, and it's, he's going to be a nice compliment to Flanagan and to Williams and to Trehor. I, I just I love the pieces of the puzzle and how they fit. I think yeah. everybody has certain things they do really, really well that complement each other, and uh, you're not going to have clusters of, of chemistry issues of this guy playing here, making it not a good fit. Let's try to fit him in here. We really right. do. He's, play, he's playing out of position type thing. No. Man, you're going to be able to go too deep and play people at their natural positions, and that's going to be pretty strong. You University of Alabama Huntsville is a scrappy team in their division. Um, they're supposed to be really good shooters of the basketball, athletically and uh, depth-wise. Auburn just absolutely wore them down and com- completely showed 
you know, a, a difference in athleticism and, and depth. And, and you can tell in the second half when they start to pull away. All right, we'll continue to answer questions you guys drop in the live chat. But, Daryl, I want to look ahead to what we can expect in the first kind of part of this season in just a moment. Hey, today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Just search Bet Online and check out their extremely easy to use mobile website on your uh, on your mobile device or, of course, on your desktop, laptop, whatever it may be. Bet Online, it's where the game Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Start. So Auburn gets things going against George Mason. Real basketball uh, this Monday, November 7th, 7 o'clock in Neville Arena. What are you expecting? What do you think the biggest difference from tonight's action versus Monday night's action from an Auburn point of view? What do you think the biggest difference will be? I think Broom will uh, have a lot better game and better offensive output than his six points. I think you'll see Broom become the kind of you know show flashes of the player that Auburn thought they were getting. Yeah. Uh, when he came over, uh, I think you'll see a little bit better three-point shooting. Uh, I, you, hopefully, you know, Auburn did a better job in the second half of cleaning up their their free throw shooting. But I think you're going to see Broom play better. I think you'll see uh, Katie Johnson <laughs> play a little bit better and score the basketball a little bit more when the when it lights come on for real Monday night. And I think so. You, I, I think you'll see, you know, kind of what we saw tonight. I think I think Auburn pulls away in the second half. And has some 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 depth uh, issues that George Mason will be difficult to overcome. Yep. Just a couple of notes that I think um, you really got from being there that probably weren't on social media or on the radio call or anything like that. John Cohen was in the building. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't super public, but he was kind of around beforehand. I think he kind of stayed in the back in like the Tigers limited room just to kind of hang out and be available. If people wanted to talk to him type thing. So thought that was interesting. The celebrity in was uh, was Derek Hall, senior edge rusher. So that's fun. And then I've enjoyed seeing what the marketing for Auburn's collective on to victory was. And we saw the same commercial that's been playing at football and then at the baseball scrimmage against Alabama this past week, where it's Butch Thompson and Bruce Pearl telling folks about on to victory. We saw that and we saw a really well-produced ad play for them that had all kinds of different sports that included like Darian Goburn. I think it had Zep Jasper and I think it had Tank Bigsby in it. So um, I love that. I love that. That's everywhere. Yeah. The war chest is getting built, my friend. And uh, yeah, it is. I'll tell you sleeping giant is what I'm saying from all, you know, we we've seen that. I remember people talking about this basketball program when Bruce Pearl got his players in here and the arena was built. They'd say, don't sleep on Auburn. It's a sleeping giant. And then the gymnastics program starts to come alive. Baseball with Butch Thompson going to two college World Series. That's the kind of thing that can happen with the football program with this war chest that's being built with uh, or it's being built up with on to victory. And I love the promotion of it. I love making sure that it's out front in the forefront of people's minds that are there, that are donors and big boosters of the program. 
So yeah, it was it was really really well produced. I love that it's a unified collective now. We've heard all these different names over the last two years. That's Seems part like of everybody right. It's yes, the Auburn collective. It's the one. It's unified. It's it's official. It's the one. And so, you know, it's excellent. I was glad to see it. Wanted to make one other quick point uh, about what we saw tonight. I think one of the things that's very uh, important to note is when Bruce Pearl's most successful teams. And when he gets the best guard play is when his guards rebound the basketball real well. Go look at that stat sheet right now and tell me who led the Tigers in rebounding tonight. Uh, Cardwell and Flanagan both had six. And Trey Donaldson had seven. Oh, yeah, you're right. Trey Donaldson, freshman guard. I talked to you about how thick he was, upper body strength, had seven now, it wasn't garbage time either. He had seven rebounds with the minutes he played. I can remember Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, Malik mm-hmm. Dunbar, some of these guards that really led Auburn on some of its great runs in 18 and 19, really rebounding the basketball and then getting it and going, right? So uh, to see Trey Donaldson have seven rebounds as the backup point guard, to me, is very exciting and something really positive to build on. And it's what Bruce likes to do. Yeah. When it comes to rebounding, having guards that can rebound. Trey Daddyson, right? Trey Daddyson. That's right. He is your daddy out there. I, I cannot wait to watch this kid. And see, here's the fun He's part. He's going to be great. Auburn plays that non-conference schedule. Now, of course, going to Atlanta and playing Memphis, and they play St. Louis. There's some tough games. But, you know, most of the time your non-conference is a tune-up for your conference. We'll get to see a lot of him in non-conference play, just like we did last year. You know, Bruce played everybody. I think he's got a chance to be the legitimate backup point guard. I hope so. I hope that that doesn't go away when the SEC season starts, that he still gets his 15 minutes, you know, 12, 13 minutes a game, because he'll do a great job not only spelling Wendell Green, but I think contributing when he does. Remember, again, I keep him in it to, to draw comparisons, but when Auburn was at its best was when Jared Harper would have to come out of the game with foul trouble, and McCormick just stepped right in and didn't skip a beat. Even in the NCAA tournament, had some really big moments. When Auburn can go too deep at the point guard position and not drop off, they are dangerous, my friend. Nick Nicholas is asking, uh, is Donaldson the new thick king? Mm, that's tough to ever do that. Can, can you can you take that title away from Sonny D? He's can not you here do that? anymore. He's not here anymore. Yeah, but yeah, but I think like a like a like a, a jersey that gets stuck in the rafters, hangs in the rafters. The thick king uh, moniker. I think we need to leave this uh, discussion open moving forward. Let's see what happens with okay. uh, with maybe he's a thick prince right now. I don't Could know. be, he, but being a freshman, know. yeah, being a freshman, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he earns it. That's a great point, Nicholas. We'll uh, we'll keep you updated on that. So, Daryl, we'll do this again. Monday night, reacting Monday night. to Auburn, hopefully defeating George Mason. Um, probably be able to go live a little bit earlier. But yeah, stay yeah. tuned for yeah. all of that. We'll have a normal, um, we'll have a normal football heavy show for Locked On Auburn in the morning. So be sure to check that out. And until then, this has been Locked On Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
your team every day.